Hi, I'm Noam Wasserman, Dean of the Sy Sims School of Business at Yeshiva University. I was a longtime professor at Harvard Business School, an entrepreneur, and a venture capitalist. I wrote the bestseller, The Founder's Dilemmas. And I'm Charlie Harari. I've been working with companies for over 10 years. And that book, Founder's Dilemmas, and the challenges faced by the 10,000 founders in it is the basis of this podcast. We are delving into the issues faced by startups to help you avoid the pitfalls that claim so many good companies. Let's get started. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Founders Dilemmas Podcast. Um, this is a special episode. We do Q&A. Um, we put these in between our longer episodes, so please feel free to reach out to us at your convenience, Founders Dilemmas Podcast at gmail.com for any questions, and we try to reach out and answer them in between. So, Dean, what do you have for us today? Okay, so today we have a great question that Elon submitted. Thank you, Elon. Uh, it's revisiting one of the most important issues that we had taken a look at in the first season. And that is about the early days of being able to architect your team. And we're talking about the three R's, the roles and decision-making. Um, that's what sparked Elon's question, but it also has some very important implications for down the road. And so this is what Elon submitted to us. I understand that having two CEOs can be a big issue because you really need one person to make a decision. Uh, by the way, in uh, Tazinu. Uh, we see that uh, when Moshe, when Moses is giving over the reins to Yoshua, had to be a clean break, not having two CEOs overlap at all. Uh, so this is a millennia old issue uh, that we face with those. Um, but he says, I'm curious what the problem would be if I gave everyone in my startup a different C-level position. In that case, we all have different roles and won't be overlapping and getting in each other's ways. And I've found that this is a very seductive way to go. Punt on having difficult discussions about uh, who should be doing what and other things like that, but it's with a new twist on it. In the short term, and uh, Charlie, definitely weigh in as always, uh, in the short term, it can be fine. You have everyone with taking a C-level position within the company. In the longer term though, it can cause major tension. And that's what you're trying to avoid by doing the C-level, everyone gets that title, no one's gonna have hiccups, everyone's gonna be happy with what they have, but in the long run, it can have all sorts of problems for you. Just to give one example, what happens if as the company is growing, one of the members of your team who has a chief level positions, chief uh, technology officer, chief marketing officer, or something like that. What happens if that person isn't scaling well, that they are dragging down the company because they're supposed to be leading the charge in that domain, the technology or the marketing. And turns out that they are actually much better suited to be a doer rather than a chief, uh, that they're much better suited to be heading downwards in the organization. Are you gonna wanna have that discussion with your co-founder about the demotion that they're about to have. You're gonna have to give up your chief title. You're gonna have to become now a director of marketing or director of technology or something like that. That's gonna heighten tensions. That's gonna cause problems. We were in this together. We were, you know, the early days, you know, how could you demote me within my own startup? Um, and also that one of the other solutions you might go with is we're gonna hire someone in above you that you can be able to still do be doing what you're really good at, but. We're going to have another person who's going to take on the reins with, uh, with, the, with the technology. Well, does that mean that that chief technology officer is now going to have a senior chief technology officer above it? Like, you're, How are you going to be able to squeeze people in when you're going to have all sorts of tensions that are introduced uh, by it? And so um, that's some of the things in the longer term they have to be able to plan around the human aspect of it. People, we talked about uh, the prestige side of the, uh, of the positions they have within your startup and other things like that. 
Um, you go and tell your mom, now I am no longer chief technology officer. Now I'm, uh, now I'm the, just an engineer within it. Well, what, you got a demotion within your own company? Help me understand this, son. Um, and so a bunch of the other things that are going to be heightened uh, if you go with the solution that Elon was asking about as a possibility. Uh, Charlie, your thoughts on, uh, on this? I, I agree completely in that, and that the hardest thing, the best advice, and we did this season one, and you said this a, a number of times, if I remember correctly, and it, honestly, it's the advice that I think everyone needs to like hear and hear and hear again. And like, if this is it. You're going to have a difficult conversation at some point. If you punt, it gets harder. Like, the think of difficult conversations as a level of pain today and every time every day that you punt it the pain only it's an exponential growth that takes place the way investing works right the way investing works and in that you keep on investing and all of a sudden you, the, the money grows as you keep it in the bank account the pain grows as you keep compounding it in the bank account. pain it's like compounding, compounding interest, pain. Compounding exactly. Pain. Having a tough conversation with your buddy saying, I can't give you X, maybe one day is hard. Like you said, telling the chief technology officer who's your best friend, who 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 probably whose wives, your wife and his are probably best friends, right? And like you knew each other forever. And like you probably went through a hundred late nights and slapped five, ten times when you got your founding. And there's a million experiences you went through together. Having that conversation, I'm sorry, I'm demoting you. It's infinitely harder and what we do is we always delay the uncomfortable i am i am guilty of this a million times i am not speaking from academic thought i'm speaking from actual experience of which i am such a softy i am a terrible breakup i i hate telling people things they don't want to hear it's i hate it i i I avoid difficult conversations like the plague and time and time again god reminds me toughen up because if you don't it's going to get more complicated when things later on make it more complicated and so to me i've learned in my (laughs) little world but i've learned this and i'm sure you have as well that as you see tension it is so much better to take the time and clarify and 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 figure it out when it's when it's young um and and many times when people don't have money they give out equity and they give out decision and they're thinking like you said very short term money comes and goes equity doesn't come and go equity is a much more valuable commodity later on and power is a much more complicated thing to split. At the end of the day, money can be split by dollars and cents on an Excel spreadsheet. You can't split up power on an Excel spreadsheet. You can't split up influence on an Excel spreadsheet. It doesn't work like that. It, and that's where I find lots of companies start to unravel. It's not, listen, everyone needs money to survive. I don't find in my experience that companies or departments unravel because of money. They shut down because of money, but they don't unravel because of money. They unravel because of this stuff. Unclear decision making. And then there's back channeling. Then there's if we were in charge and then all then the company wakes up one morning and like there are these fiefdoms that form and these viruses that take place because it's just a vacuum. And I couldn't agree more. Resist the urge if you're founding a company to give away too much decision-making and power. And if you're giving away power, build a constitution. Like I would sooner say if you have five chiefs, 
sit down and say, okay, here's how it works. Majority vote. We, we meet three times. No decisions happen unless these people are in. Like, go through the way it would work if you actually had a... A, 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 a democratic environment. You need Congress two-thirds. Like, figure it out. Because if it's not super clear or you don't have enough control, you are guaranteed. Even, by the way, even when things go well, what if you get an exit offer? What if the market goes insane and someone gives you a nutty offer and two people are like, I'll take it, I'm out. And two people are like, what else am I doing in my life? What happens then? you got to buy them out on the offer of... It, it's a crazy... So up or down, you're stuck. Yeah, no, you're revisiting a little bit of what we talked about with Tom and Tom, the founders of Nantucket yeah. Nectars and their divergence at the exit. Um, uh, one of the other things that uh, you can also think about is you want to attract co-founders who are motivated by the right things. And if they're motivated by just having a C-level title, that's not going to be indicating to you that they're in this, in the trenches, that there are all sorts of reasons that they're buying into the idea, that it's all the rest of the things that they're buying into as a an attraction and a carrot for them. And so making sure that, you know, saying to them that over time, there might be a need for us to bring in a chief level person. In the early days, none of us are chief, except possibly needing to have a CEO. We talked about the way in which you have to have a, the buck stop with someone. Uh, but you're hopefully going to be able to have a better filtering on your co-founders and their motivations for coming on board if you're not succumbing to uh, everyone has to have a C-level title with that. Um, there's one other thing that uh, is an interesting take on it. Um, when I was collecting my data um, in the early days, I was doing it together with the headhunter within Fidelity. And the president and CEO of that, a guy named Bill Holodnack, um, he talked a little bit about how when he sees a team that has all C-level people, and especially say you have a three-person team and one of them is COO, one of them is chief operating officer, that was a major red flag to him. That would be a major problematic thing. That was the founder that we didn't really have a real role for him, but we couldn't tell him that he couldn't be a chief level person and let's just shove him into the COO role. And then later on, when operations really becomes an important part of what you're doing here, you That's need to great. attract the COO into it. It's going to be top heavy. There's going to be decision gridlock. There's going to be all sorts of problems you cause for yourself by just succumbing to, okay, fine. You're the COO within our company. Yeah. We should do a show on the COO. I agree. That is the linchpin. That this is like the COO. It's like the offensive coordinator. Like you know, what I'm saying like you, the the think that the COO role is the catch all. That I don't know what it, is the craziest concept. As it, it's that's the role that you that you that you scale through. That's the role that you grow through. And I agree completely. It's the role that people don't understand, so they give it to whoever. And then later on, it becomes impossible because a COO is an important enough role that it's it's really CEO, CFO friendly at that level. Like a CTO is specific to the organization. There are a lot of companies that don't have CTOs. Or if they do, they're not critical. They're not in the critical group. Um, but no companies that are massive don't have COOs that aren't critical. And so that role really expands as the company expands, and so you're right. I, I love that. I mean, that that's a great example of. We should do a whole thing on the on on, on the value of the COO. Yeah, but, or the caution early on <laughs> about that about that particular role. Uh, but you're highlighting also how this question they launched submitted is a microcosm of lots of the things that we've talked about. Yeah. So the natural human avoidance. You were human 
when you're avoiding the tension-filled conversations. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. you've had to learn over time that that is a, a natural inclination that we have to be able to work against, reprogram ourselves and build the difficult conversation muscles around that, um, about how looking down the road to different scenarios of where the startup might go and individually where each of the founders might go, um, that that has some impact on the early three hours decisions that we're making. Yeah. Um, also, just to highlight one final one, um, the connections between the R's. And so what you do within this, if you have everyone C-level, there's going to be rewards implications for this. C-level implies possibly equal partner. It actually, within my data, increases the chances that you're going to have an equal split within the team, even if each of the people is going to be contributing a very different amount of value to the venture. Right. And so your succumbing on this one is actually going to cause problems, not just for the roles and decision-making, but also for the rewards and some of the down-the-road problems um, that you're going to have to face in terms of being able to re-architect the ownership and uh, the equity structure within the company. Yep. Okay, well, those who have sent in, thanks so much. Uh, thank you for sending in that question, Elon. And uh, those who want to send in questions, feel free. And as always, thanks so much uh, for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you next time.